Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 215 of the Arcast. I am your host, David Gilton, and with me is a very special guest, uh, someone who I personally looked up to, I'd say, for a number of years now at this point. Uh, it is Craig Skistimus, uh, who used to be with Screw Attack and uh, is now running the Craig Skits Podcast. So how's it going there, Craig? It's going great. Thank you very much for the illustrious intro. I, uh, <laughs> extremely flattering, and I, I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, things are great. Outside of a global pandemic, but, yeah, you know. yeah. It's all things considered, I guess, in that case. Yeah, yeah it is what it is. What it is. <laughs> totally, yeah. Um, so I do have to ask first, since this is, this, you know, this is like the first question that uh, just kind of popped in my head when I was thinking, what do I want to ask Craig? And yeah. it was, it's over your name, Stuttering Craig, that you went by for a long while. Uh, how did that name come up and stick exactly? Yeah, so when, uh, when Screw Attack was starting, um, it was one of those things where the, it was supposed to be built around our podcast at the time, Side Scrollers. And mm-hmm. um, Side Scrollers was built to be kind of like a radio show for games and, you know, minus, you know, being on the radio. And, um, you know, for me, I, I had a background in radio, a small background in radio. And um, I always just felt like you needed to be more than just Craig or just Tom or just whatever. I feel like giving kind of nicknames was a uh, better way for people to remember. Mm. And so that's, that's kind of where it all came from. You know, Handsome Tom, Stuttering Craig, and, uh, you know, Daily Destin, Max Fincori, Jose El Mexicano, you know. Like, uh, it just kind of, you know, you'd, you'd kind of give everybody a nickname. Um, I think Chad was the first one to not get a nickname. But, um, but everybody kind of got a nickname just, just to kind of help it stick a little bit more to where you, it's more than just, you know, it's just Craig and Chad, you know, right. um, <laughs> it, it's it just a little bit more, give everybody a little more personality. Uh, for me, the actual stuttering aspect of it came from, uh, when I was growing up, I really spoke over to my, just like I am right now, spoke over myself, <laughs> uh, pretty consistently mumbled a lot. And my mom would always be like, stop mumbling, you know? So, but stuttering Craig sounds a lot better than mumbling Craig. So, um, so that's where stuttering Craig came from. It wasn't necessarily uh, an ailment or whatever, however you want to uh, describe it. But it, it was kind it was, of is, yeah. Like a lot of people suffer from it anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, and it's funny. I, I've actually had quite a few people reach out to me over the years and say, you know, I grew up stuttering. How can I break this? And mm. um, and you know, the thing I've always said is, don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace it own it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've had people come back to me and say, you know, that advice has really helped them over time. You know, I say element, but you know, it can also be an advantage, you know? So yeah, that, that, that's kind of the origin story of it. But the long and short of it, it just thought it'd be a little bit more, um, you know, a little more personality to the names. Yeah. What's, um, what's that guy with like the one hit wonder, uh, was a Scatman Jones, Scatman John. 
Yeah, Scatman John. Yeah, that's man. right. And like, so he, he, you know, he basically like embraced the fact that he had that stutter and like utilized it in his, um, you know, in his vocal ability, basically. And, um, you know, for me, I mean, because like I've certainly been like afflicted with stuttering and something that I've had to just kind of like try to manage and like, you know, work through, especially doing the show and everything. Right, right. Um, you know, that's that's something that I've always, uh, you know, kind of like enjoyed, I guess, to like learn from, um, you know, whether it be, you know, from like, you know, learning about, um, you know, about like your story with that, uh, from his story about that, even like Joe Biden's story as well. I mean, like there's like a lot of like different um you know people very prominent people out there uh james earl jones is like you know is another one mm-hmm. um you know just people who have you know who have uh, been like afflicted with like a stutter of some sort and like how they either uh overcame it or just you know kind of finagled their way with it in order to make it work for them so yeah exactly and i think with any sort of you know speech impediment if you will you know that's kind of one of the things where you can you can either hide from it or you can embrace it and mm-hmm. some people choose to hide it in one way, shape or form, but you know, everybody has to deal with it, you know? And it's not like, it's not like I woke up and I was like, yeah, I really want to speak like this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you, you just kind of, I need to speak like a normal human being. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So totally. Um, so I also have to ask too, uh, what were some of the standout games that you grew up with? Oh, that's easy, man. Uh, I grew up in the arcades, so really, the arcade is one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the, the entire you know that game, arcade. arcade. Yeah. The entire arcade. Yeah, right. uh, you know. But if I was to put a single game, it's you know Street Fighter Two. It's Hyper Fighting, Super Turbo, any any Street Fighter Twos, um, NBA Jam for sure. Love classic fighting games. Uh, yeah, NBA Jam, Jam TE, anything in the NBA Jam series. Um, but for me, it's it's the arcade. As a whole, uh, for me, games have always been a communal thing. They've always been about getting together with your friends, whether it's on a couch or in an arcade. And that's something that I love about games. And that's something I always love about games. Um, so for me, that's that's really important. Um, so it's it's a really broad stroke. But anything you can play with your friends is something that I gravitated to as a kid. And um, I've never never been a huge fan of single player experiences. There's you know few and far between. You know I like my I like like a Zelda you know, or a super Metroid or something. But for Mm -hmm. the most part, I like games that you can play with friends and that there's a winner and a loser and there's some sort of competitive aspect too. Um, Yeah. So for me, that's, that's a big thing. Yeah. I think that kind of speaks also when looking at your let's plays or just like the games that you like to cover or give notice to uh, throughout your career really uh, are like the very multiplayer centric games, Uh, certainly with like Mario party a more recent example uh, but yeah, I've, I, you know, because I've seen you play Street Fighter 2, I've seen you play NBA Jam, and you get like super competitive. And, I, and you know, I could tell that that's where like your your passion for gaming really comes from is just beating your friend's asses, basically. Right, know? right. I mean, who doesn't love that? You know, who doesn't? Who doesn't <laughs> that's the best thing about it is, is you get done whooping your friend's butt and, right. you, you know, you have bragging rights, you know. Uh, that's even with the new game like Fall Guys, right? Fall Guys is mm. like all the hot rage right now. But Fall Guys is such a, it's like a new age Mario Party minus the, boring board game aspect of it and uh you know the the board game aspect of it is fun but if you're really good at platforming you know that's something that that is um you know rewarded in that game and the fact that you're competing against 59 other people there's a winner and a loser and i love that Mm. so yeah it's great i mean soviet jump game also is another game that's um you know kind of like has the same mentality anyway it's like you know certainly more platforming centric but obviously in a 2d space um, I don't know if that's one that you also played a lot of. Or... Uh, I haven't. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at a trailer right now for it because that sounds awesome. Soviet jump game. Yeah. So it's the latest game actually that came from Game Grumps, actually. Oh. Um, so from the internal studio. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's one I think you might, uh, you know, you might enjoy and something, uh, you know, hopefully maybe your your friends over a game attack might uh, might like adopt at some point as well. So I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at it now. Looking at it now. Looks looks pretty fun. 
So uh, I saw that you wanted to be a basketball player growing up as well. Uh, so this led to you being in the short-lived Slam Ball show. Uh, what what can you tell me about that experience and your basketball skills back then? I was pretty good. I was pretty okay. Um, I think that I think that you know I didn't play college, but I probably could play it at like a you know maybe like a, a small small Division One, Division Two you know school, um, middle of America kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, you know, or maybe like South Texas or something. Um, you know, I, no, I couldn't have played it like UNC, but I, but I, I would have been like, if I did, I would have been like the walk on, right. Who never okay. got any playing time. Who was like the token white guy. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. The Brian Scalabrini, if you right, will. Yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but but, but at, the, at the end of the day, Brian Scalabrini got paid. So he good did. for him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, nah, but you know, for me, um, you know, basketball was something I grew up playing. I loved it. Um, and I, I honestly, I didn't really get good till after high school. Um, you know, I played on a pretty successful high school team. Uh, we advanced to the, like, in Texas, you know, it's, it's a pretty big basketball hotbed. Football, basketball are, are the kings. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we played a, we had a really good team. We lost to, uh, we made it to the regional finals. To put that in perspective, there were, um, when we lost to the regional finals, there were eight teams left in the, in the, uh, in the state left playing. So we lost to the, in the, in the regional finals uh, to the state champion by like eight points and they blew everybody out by 30 in state. Right. Mm. So, so we had a really good team, but I was just kind of like a, a fringe player. I was like a sixth man, you know, your, your Brian Scalabrini guy who's going to take a lot of charges and play defense and get some <laughs> rebounds. I was never, I was never, never going to go in and score, you know, 20, 20 a game or anything like that. Um, and Could I quit you maybe to like a Tony Delk, maybe they're going to use like a Celtics. Um... Are, are you busting out? I a am, yeah. Pro- product, you know. Tony well, Delk? I'm from Boston, oh. so yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. yeah. Also from Kentucky, Tony Delk out of Kentucky. Um, oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, I would, I would be like, um, at the time, I would be like a solid. If I can use another like '90s reference, uh, Bill Winnington, right? A mm, serviceable, okay. a, a serviceable, a serviceable big man who's going to get some rebounds, who's going to lay the ball up a couple times and play some defense, right? I was, I was not thought of as like this offensive guy. Um, but it's not because I couldn't shoot because I competed in three-point contest and, and won three-point contest. Um, but in, you know, politics play a game, um, play, a, play a part in any sort of athletics. And um, it was, you know, just one of those things where I wasn't featured as an offensive player. So I get through high school, finish up, and uh, that's where my game kind of expanded. And I kind of the, the, the chains were taken off a little bit. Um, and I started playing the game with a little bit more freedom. So I think after probably my freshman year of college, after just like playing free and uh, developing my offensive game, I probably could have walked on at some school or played like at a small D1, right? There was a time where I was, if you went to a gym, if I went to a gym, I was probably the best player in the gym, right? Mm, okay. um, so I was, I was pretty okay. But, you know, uh, when, it, when Slam Ball came about, Man, uh, that was like next level, right? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. That was everything. I mentioned NBA Jam. I love NBA Jam. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at this on TV, and I'm like, this is NBA Jam in real life. Like right. I can, <laughs> you know, I mean, I could I could dunk and stuff, but I couldn't dunk. You know, there's and slam ball. That's the name of the game. So uh, sell that on TV, and and I kind of took my work ethic and and spent the next eight weeks or eight months uh, really training to be to I, I guess try out for slam ball. 
uh, and I got really like trampoline jumping and things like that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I actually went to uh, a bunch of gymnastics places in North Texas. There's a ton of gymnastics places in North Texas. And, uh, I went to a bunch of them just asking if I could jump on their trampoline to train for this slam ball thing. (laughs) I was like, I was like, this is a show on spike TV called slam ball. Can I jump on your trampoline? (laughs) And, uh, so I, I went to this place like three times a week and I got really, really good. Um, and, uh, I didn't know they were going to, I just assumed there was going to be tryouts for next season because slam ball was awesome. And it was on after wrestling and like, of course, everybody's watching it. <laughs> it's um, like the XFL, you know, <laughs> it, it was, it was legit, man. It was so fun. So, uh, yeah, I, I, long and short of it was I was on the slam ball message boards. The, uh, the guy who was running slam ball said something about inviting somebody from the message boards out to the tryouts. I was that guy. I got invited out to the tryouts out in LA, um, drove my car out, out to LA, um, with the intention of staying, I tried out, uh, legitimately thought I was the best player on the court, uh, in slam ball was the last player drafted, uh, like to talk about eating a little bit of humble pie. Um, yeah. but, um, but the thing is there were, I mean, I was playing against guys that were, um, that were legitimately legitimate big time college athletes who mm. either didn't catch a break, weren't in the right system, whatever it may be. Uh, that could potentially be playing in the NBA, um, but they weren't. Like they either made a bad decision, got a girlfriend pregnant, um, you know, got caught with weed or whatever it may be, and you know, they, so then they're playing slam ball, right? Right. So, <laughs> so you know, I'm playing it like the actually the first overall player picked in the draft was this guy named Martise Moore, and um, I from what I understand, Martise actually passed a couple of years ago, and that that makes me sad because Martise was. Um, he was a former ACC freshman of the year at Georgia Tech, and he was the number two. A- after playing at Georgia Tech, he transferred to Colorado to play with Chauncey Billups. Oh, and, wow. Okay. And, uh, and it was Chauncey's team, and Chauncey took over, and, and he kind of faded into obscurity. But this is like a super talented dude, and he's playing on, the, on our team, right? And I'm like, holy crap, you know? Um, so, you know... I, it was it was a great experience. I, I love slam ball. I, I would I think uh, if slam ball was slam ball was legitimately fifteen years too early. Um, if slam ball came out in two thousand fifteen or two thousand sixteen instead of two thousand three, uh, with social media and gifs and memes and everything, mm, like yep. it, it'd be huge. It'd be it would be massive. It would be. I mean, you can get like Tim Kitzrow in, like to do the commentary right, as well, like right. legit making NBA Jam like in right. real life, as you said. So yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. I mean. It's nuts. Even the YouTube channel of Slam Ball is is still crazy. I mean, you look at the the highest viewed videos of Slam Ball, and it's, I mean, there's they're multi like millions. Yeah, eight eight million, three point five million, two and a half. I mean, there's it's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like if there's going to be like a 30 for 30 documentary on Slam Ball, then you'd be the person <laughs> to go to for that for sure. So I'll oh, keep that man. in mind for the old log bank. So. Dude, let's go. Let's go with it. I, w- I would love. It's funny. I'll se- get se- Bill Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> se- several years ago, uh, I actually spoke to, the, uh, um, spoke to the owner of Slam Ball because it's just one guy. He owns the IP, and he's the one who got it on TV and stuff. So he's Mason Gordon. And uh, several years ago, like it's still apparently it's still a thing in China. Like, oh, wow. it, okay. it's still going over in China and there's like university teams and stuff. Um, it's apparently pretty crazy, but he reached out and he's like, would you like to own a team? You know? And I was like, <laughs> no, I don't want to buy a team. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Just wanna, no. Wanna, no. No, Mason Gordon. I don't want to buy a team. So, but it was, You could it was be fun, like man. the Jay-Z of Slam Ball in this right, case. Right, 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 right. <laughs>
so I guess like to uh, get to like the heart of your career here anyway, uh, you're best known for performing Screw Attack and later Game Attack. Uh, what were some of your favorite memories and stories during this long stretch of your career? Oh, that's fun. Uh, a ton of memories, obviously. Um, you know, are you talking about physical things or, or like... could be anything, events? like any sort of like memories or stories that you just had basically like during your time with both Screw Attack and Game Attack. Yeah, yeah. So I think obviously first and foremost, um, and this is going to sound super cheesy, but it's the truth. It's the relationships that I've made uh, and the people I've hired and seeing them go where they've gone and... Um, and being a, being like a, uh, you know, a, a springboard for a lot of creators on YouTube who got their start on screw attack and now have millions of subs. Um, mm. you know, if well, you Dustin look- Legary comes to mind for me. I mean, like I've, I followed his career and like, you know, just like starting from screw attack and seeing him in IGN now and like right. doing his own streaming and all that. So, yeah. right, right. I mean, Dustin, Dustin is like practically owns IGN at this point. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you, you see guys like, like peanut butter gamer, John Tron, they got their starts on screw attack. Um, game theory got their start on screw attack. Obviously death battle was an in-house show. They got to, got a start on screw attack. There's these like pillars in the gaming space that have, that are super prominent, that if you were to play like the who's who or the, uh, you know, the, uh, what's, what's that, what's that game? Uh, the, seven uh, degrees of separation. Yeah. 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 The, the Kevin Bacon game. Like Kevin we're, Bacon. <laughs> we're like, we're like one or two degrees from it, you know, from, from everybody, which is, which is pretty neat. Um, but as far as, you know, actual physical things, there's, there's one, like we had some really fun times in the office, um, really crazy stories and stuff like that. But there's one story, um, that really kind of sticks out in particular about like, the craziest story, the craziest event I ever went to. And um, that was for the Call of Duty Blackout review event. I don't know if you know about this event or not, but it's, it's kind of notorious in the gaming space. I've heard some stories here and there, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the long and short of it was um, I got invited out to this review event. And I know the guy who's put on the review event. He's, he, or he runs the PR company. I've known him for a long time. We still talk and stuff. Um, but this is like the, the event that change the way games are reviewed, right? Um, before this event, you had to, um, you know, you could just put up your review and, and if you got a t-shirt or something, it didn't matter. You know, if you got flew out for a, for a, for an event, it didn't matter. You, you know, you, your job is to review the thing. But after this event was the, it was the event that caused, uh, the reviewing aspect of things to where you actually had to Put that this was, you know, you got a flight, you had a hotel stay, things like that to review the games and any sort of consideration that happened. Um, but this event in particular, um, I went out with Chad James. Uh, it was a, because we were going to go review the multiplayer, uh, multiplayer aspect of it, as well as the single player. And uh, so I go from Dallas to LA, Chad and I both do. And when we land in LA, there's a guy waiting for us with a, uh, with a, with a sign, you know, Mr. Mr. James, Mr. Skistimus. Okay, sweet. This is awesome. We're, we're getting off. We're going to go in this car. We know this, this we, we feel like celebrities now. This is awesome. So we get in this car. This guy's like, hey, good to see you. Welcome on out. Welcome on out to LA. Takes us to another airport, right? And <laughs> we're like, um, where are we going? And he, we don't know where he's going, except we end up at the Burbank airport now. So we go from LA to Burbank. Um, when we get to the Burbank airport, uh, people are starting to, are starting to come in. They, they put us over in this hangar and there's hangar with food and stuff. And we're like, oh, is this where the event's going to be? Like, okay, sounds fine. This is kind of weird, but we'll do it. I guess we're going to go to a hotel and we'll come back here every day. So we're in this room and then the next room over, uh, there's a glass window that you can like peek into. And there's this setup of, um, you know, it looks like an interrogation table. It's a seat. Um, and it's just one of these things <laughs> yeah. where you were like, what the hell is going on here? You know? 
Um, mm-hmm. And nothing's really thought of it, right? So we're eating food, whatever. 30 minutes pass. The um, uh, people come in and they start calling us, you know, one by one, two by two into this next room. They go, hey, what's your, uh, they say, what's your call sign? And uh, we had given them our, our gamer tags. So I'm like, screw attack, space com. That was my Xbox Live gamer tag. Screw attack, space com. And uh, they go, Roger. So these guys are in these like men in black style suits, right? You know, really <laughs> nice, really nice tuxes or whatever they are, you know, your, your classic black suits. And they're like security, right? And they turn around, they reach into this, they reach into this, um, uh, this locker and they bust out a, uh, a helmet with our, with our, uh, tag on it. You know, so mine says screw attack on it. And, uh, it's like, okay, this is kind of weird. And he goes, go out that door. So we walk out the door and there's three helicopters outside with a blackout logo on the side of it, or these two black <laughs> helicopters, right? Or three black okay. helicopters. And we get in these helicopters, like put on your, put on your helmets. So we put on these, our helmets we get in these helicopters, and after everybody gets loaded in, they take off, and and they fly us up this this the coastline of of California, uh, up to Ojai, California, which is like this luxurious luxurious like resort town with a golf course and everything, and and we're like Chad and I are looking at each other like what is happening right now, like <laughs> we're, your we're, minds, yeah. like we're just here to review this stupid game, and they're like flying us up the coastline in, the, in these these chopper helicopters like what is happening so as we're approaching this coastline we're, we're descending from the heavens in our in our helicopters and we're noticing all the all the uh the, the cars in ohio are stopping because these three helicopters these three black helicopters are descending to the ground and we're landing so as we get out like all these people are stopped they have their cameras out and we're like what is happening turns out they thought the president was landing in ohio Right. Oh wow! They okay. legitimately thought the president was la- I, 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 like well, what? the helicopters that you were riding were probably like Blackhawk helicopters. Right. Exactly. It, it was it was nuts. So we get out and there's these security guys once again the full men in, full men in black outfit right, and they escort us into these these other these other uh, black sedans and we they make our way to this Ojai golf course resort place and we spend the next three days with unlimited food unlimited booze. Playing, playing Call of Duty Blackout, and it was it was the coolest thing in the world. And we, you know, we we had like our own personal room that was like surround systems and surround sound systems, so we could like get the full effect. And uh, from you know from uh, the single player campaign, and there's this areas where we could all get together and talk all sorts of massive crap to each other, and in like the in the multiplayer aspect of it, and it was just like a drunken three days of fun. So and, this must have been like kind of like a reality show, but sponsored by Activision, I guess. Right, in this case. man. <laughs> like, I have no idea how much they spent on it. Like, no idea. <laughs> but with that said, the game was amazing, right? Bla- Blackout's an amazing game, and I, I'm pretty like I'm pretty sure I gave it like a ten, you know. And then <laughs> then like people come out, they're like, oh, you know. And I remember looking at Chad and, and Chad and Alicia were like. We sure, hope the, we sure hope this game is good because, right. because <laughs> like if it sucks and we and, and they provided all this stuff, you know, it's really going to uh, suck. But uh, but the game was awesome, you know, so naturally we're like, that's ah, a great game. Perfect. It's like it's, it was like, a, you know, Blackout was like one of the most perfect Call of Duty games ever at the time. And I think we gave it a nine, nine and a half, ten, something like that. And naturally, you know, uh, information about the event comes out and. Then the SEC gets involved, or SEC, whatever it is. The uh, and, and they're like, well, now you gotta tell people when this stuff's gonna happen. And but that was like, that's like the one of the big memories. Uh, which it's weird because that doesn't involve like 
the team at all. But then, but that for me <laughs> was like, it was like, am I living a dream right now? Like, right. What is happening? It's like Black Hawk Down to basically that you're getting filmed. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Right it was it was nuts. But as, as far as like Screw Attack itself, I'm sorry. Like at the SGC events were amazing. Uh, the conventions oh, yeah. we did. Um, but the, the we did several reveal reveals for games that had never been played before. Um, we revealed Sonic Four for the first time uh, as as the uh, final game for our Iron Man of Gaming tournaments. We revealed uh, Killer Instinct for the first time, like a week after it was announced at at E3. It was at our event. Uh, there were there were uh, like I think there was like five or six games that we that were first played at at uh, at our Iron Man of Gaming tournament at SGC. So those were always like spectacular, um, like just spine tingling moments, uh, un- unveiling these publicly for the first time. Um, as far as Game Attack goes, um, we did a uh, drinking around the world stream at, at Epcot at Disney World, which that for me was it was fun because it was uh, me and Sean with some G ones and our wives came, and uh, we we were all just like blitzed by the time we got halfway through the whole <laughs> drinking around the world thing. Which if you don't know what drinking around the world at Epcot is, is you essentially have an alcoholic beverage at every spot at your, and the uh, World Showcase at Epcot. It's like 11 countries or something. So you're by you're walking around the World Showcase and taking a drink in Japan and then taking a drink in Germany, then taking a drink in Italy and and you're you're drinking at all these places. So by the time you're, you know, three or three or four countries in, you're, you know, you've only been walking for 30 minutes, but you're already feeling it. So, you know, an hour later by the time you make it all the way around to Mexico or Canada, you're you're like yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's like, so I remember that was just super fun. So I mean, I could see you being like, a, you know, being like a Street Fighter Two fan and all that. Like as you're like doing that, like before you take the shots, like Japan. Yeah, boom. exactly. <laughs> it's like USSR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was pretty awesome. So you also played as a news anchor in the Sonic the Hedgehog short that released oh, yeah. well before the 2020 movie. <laughs> yeah, with, with Eddie, Eddie LeBron. Yeah, he, he yeah. Does, does such a great job with that fan film, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I wanted to ask you what was it like being a part of that project? It was fun. It was it was easy. Eddie was Eddie's super talented, right? Eddie's mm-hmm. such a talented dude. And, and it's, it's important. I haven't spoken to Eddie in a while, and I need to reach back out to him because he's such a talented guy. And... Um, you know, when he was like, hey, do you want to be in this? I was like, yeah. And I, I think I literally was just up against a, I don't even think it was a green screen. I think I was like up against a white wall just reading the lines that he put in. And uh, I mean, it, it took me all of, you know, three minutes and I just sent him the footage and and sure enough, he makes it look like a million bucks. And mm-hmm. uh, it was it was awesome. It was really cool. He, he did such a great job with that. And um, I think Truly, at the time of its release, it was the best video game movie of all time. At the time, so yeah, you wouldn't be uh, yeah you wouldn't be far off on that honestly because um, yeah because I remember writing about that short when uh, was it the first trailer for the 2020 movie came out and everyone was like complaining about like you know the look of Sonic and so like, I I basically used that short as like this is how Sonic should look and basically pointing people towards like you know the short to check it out and all that right, stuff right 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 yeah yeah so I mean like it's good at least that you know at least for the 2020 movie that they did like you know make the changes that they needed to make in order to like appease the fans but um i feel like that short definitely had uh, some play as well as far as like how sonic should look if you were to make a major motion picture out of it sure yeah you know i haven't seen the new sonic film but i hear it's outstanding 
It's not bad. Yeah, surprisingly not bad. Um, just beware of the um, of like Olive Garden being a prevalent part of a, of the uh, of the actual plot. <laughs> so that's that's the only thing I, I'll, I'll like warn you about. But uh, hey, otherwise, otherwise, it's a fine movie. So I'll tell you yeah. what, hey, at Olive Garden when you hear your family, right? So, yes. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say whether or not you hear that tagline in the movie, but you might. <laughs> so. All right, man. Well, I'll tell you what. We always Get your said, breadsticks ready. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, that's the thing. With Game Attack, we always said, you know, Game Attack was the inter- uh, is the Internet's Olive Garden, because when you hear your family. So it, it's of course. one of those things where, you know, it, it's such a great tagline. I love it. Mm, it warms your heart, yeah. <laughs> um, and also, was it true that you were also a part of the Uwe Boll Far Cry movie? I heard yeah. something about that. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, wow, I mean, you're digging. This is great. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So, so that was that was pretty awesome. Um, I, that whole started with that whole thing started with um, I, I think Uva Bowl was like enemy number one for gamers in like the early in like in like 2006 2007. It's like Uva Bowl makes the worst movies. Like him right. and him and the lawyer Jack Thompson were like enemy number one, right? <laughs> right. Um, Uva Bull is a, is a disgrace to filmmaking. He doesn't make the movies. You know? <laughs> so he made all these like really bad movies, um, but he made them how he wanted to. And I think that's the one thing I learned from that whole experience. But I emailed him. Somehow I got his email address. I was like, hey, um, can we be in your movie? And I, I, I think something like, I explained who we were, and he's like, sure, if you get up here, yeah, I'll make you an extra. And it was like that simple. And I was like, okay, when are you filming? And that was the... I, that was probably the first, well, that was definitely the first time we actually experimented with, with any sort of crowdfunding um, mm. because we, we, we didn't, like, at that point, we had made zero dollars for Screw Attack. Like, it was a zero dollar, like, we had lost money. Um, mm-hmm. So we asked our audience, I was like, we can't afford plane tickets up to Vancouver where they're shooting. Um, can you help spot us? And, uh, and we raised, like, 1500 bucks, something like that, or $2,000 to get plane tickets up to, wow. uh, up to Vancouver. And it was, like, this is in 2006. It was great. Like I think yeah. that was, I think that was the reason why we set up a PayPal account actually was uh, was for Far Cry tickets. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we went up to um, we flew up to Vancouver and we're on this like movie set and um, and I remember like we sat down we like, we did an interview with Uva Bowl and we were on this set and uh, part of it was there's got, there's got to be a video out there somewhere of this online I, I'm sure there is <laughs> but. Um, yeah, we we were supposed to be scientists. There, there's a scene where like there's a bunch yeah. of scientists in a room. Well, because you're uncredited, I know, on IMDb as a scientist. So right, I was like, right. is this for real or what? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so me and Tom were both scientists, and the way the scene, I remember, the way the scene was supposed to start was, um, I think I was supposed like Tom was was sitting down at a desk. And I was supposed to walk over and show him some paperwork, and we're supposed to like agree on something, right? And that was supposed to be the the intro sequence to a scene. Um, so you know, action, and we do this thing, and and uh, we shot it like twice, right? It was one of those things. But you know, we we fly up there, we're going through you know craft services and hanging out, eat all our food, and right. and, <laughs> and we, we you know we just think we're you know the coolest things in the world up here. Um, and, you know, we're just sitting there watching this experience. And uh, sure enough, I, you know, um, I, I guess it gets I've actually never seen the movie. Uh, but from what I understand, <laughs> it, it's been cut. Um, but but uh, yeah, I, I it was just kind of a cool experience. That was really neat. And later on, we actually uh, had Uva Bowl virtually uh, at SGC. We did like a Q&A with Uva Bowl, um, oh, wow. which was which was pretty fun. So, 
yeah, man, it was, it was a neat experience. Um, I, you know, like there's a, I, I've done a lot of really interesting things. You have, you <laughs> it's, have, it's, it's, absolutely. It's been, been cool. You know, and that's the thing. I, my philosophy with life just in general is like, you get one shot, you know, go for it, go yeah. get it, go, you go make the most of it in this it. case, you know? Right, right. Exactly. Like, you know, during slam ball, I was on this, um, spike was big on cross promoting their other shows and stuff. So, uh, they were filming this other this other um, a game show as well, and I was a contestant on this game show called Oblivious um, while I was there as, as me as a slam ball player. And the whole game show was built around you know this actor who would um, uh, he was playing a, a Spike TV executive, and and he was like, "Oh, I'm such a big fan," you know, whatever. And I'd I'd, I'd seen the <laughs> show before, and uh, I so I knew immediately I was on the show right immediately. Um, but I played along with it. Right. And, uh, and I won like 80 bucks for being on, oh, for, wow. for being on this game show. It was, it was cool. But yeah, the guy played an executive and he would like ask you, ask you these questions. Uh, you know, these, these like random questions in the middle of it, you know, he's like, you know, you'd be like, Oh man, I'm such a big fan of, of playing your, your, your team's purple. <laughs> what are the, what are the three primary colors again? You know, and you're like, Oh, you know, you know, red, red, blue, yellow. Right. And he's like, that's right. You know, so he's, he's keeping tally of these questions and, you get like twenty bucks <laughs> for each one. I think I got like four to five right. So, and I, I, I'm pretty sure they aired on TV, but I don't know. I, I guess it, it was neat, neat though. I mean, did he like ask you to like sign a slam ball with your name on it or whatever? It was like slam ball, Craig. Well, so <laughs> the the thing. Okay, there there were a few things that like tipped me off immediately. Number one, I'd seen the show, right? So I, mm-hmm. I knew what the guy looked like. Uh, I knew what the host looked like. Number two, he said, "I'm a big fan of yours," right? Mm, and my, right, and right. then I was like, "No, you're not." <laughs> like, like, it's like me, the Brian Scalabrini right, of Slam Ball. Right, right. Well, the, <laughs> Slam Ball, I was actually pretty good, but at this point, at this point, I had gotten next to—I think it was like maybe two games in, three games in. Like, I had barely touched the floor. Right, my Slam Ball career was, was pretty interesting because I barely played it all for the first. It was only a ten game season, right? And I—I I, I don't think I played. I mean, I played like maybe five minutes a game, right? Before uh, like the first five games, and then we sucked. And that guy I was telling you about, Martise Moore, he's like, hey, man, you got to play Craig to the coach. And, and <laughs> I started and I averaged, I, I pretty much played the entire game the rest, of the, uh, the rest of the five games. And I was like a really good player the rest of the, the, rest of the way. And, uh, but at this point where I'm on this game show, like, come on, like, you're not a big yeah. fan. Just, just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you never know, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, I knew. I knew. You knew, yeah. <laughs> you knew, you knew. Yeah. Uh, you were a game producer for a typing horror game called Texting of the Bread, uh, a game clearly inspired by Sega's Typing of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, what did you learn from this, and is creating games something you want to continue pursuing? Um, what I learned from it was game development's expensive. Um, this was at a time before everything was free to play. And um, selling something at $1.99 is very hard to make or break. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard to break even. I think we broke even. I, no, I'm pretty sure we lost money on texting of the bread. Because at the time, you know, iPhones were, uh, I, iPhone games uh, just in general were, um, you know, they were becoming a thing. And it was more like a, you know, we're going to test this out, see how it goes. I remember uh, um, Angry Birds was huge at the time, right? Mm, right. And, uh, you know, for us... I, I just felt like that format of like the typing of the dead style game was so perfect 
for an iPhone game. Um, and it was fun. It was super fun. It was, you know, it was kind of janky. Um, but, uh, the guys who developed it did a really good job. And yeah, um, I played a lot of it myself, honestly. So did you, did you? Oh, nice. Nice. Absolutely loved it for your, Thank you for your dollar ninety nine. That was awesome. Absolutely. I think I think I paid like a little bit more because like what was it? Um, I think there was like some other like in app purchase or something like that that you can make with it. I think we offered one other player later down the line or something. I think uh, that's what it was. Yeah. Did you add like Angry Video Game Nerd or something mm-hmm. like that or some yeah. like extra character like that? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you know if that game was released today, it would be free to play for sure. Uh, there would be a zillion in-app purchases with, right. you know, like, but that's just how the game you get know, your bread how, bucks or whatever. Right, 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 exactly. <laughs> Loot exactly. boxes and everything. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it was, it was a really fun experience. Um, that was kind of our first taste in, uh, in developing any sort of game. And it was fun. Uh, would I, would I like to do it again? Would I like to get into game development? Um, I, I would, ha- it would definitely have to be something I'm super passionate about. Because the games, the games market is so saturated and so hard to stick out. Um, so you know, it was a different time ten years ago, and it's it's only gotten more saturated. So you know, there's especially on iPhone too. So. Right, right, right. And you know, there's a hundred indie games coming out on Steam every day. There's um, you know millions of apps available, and so yeah, it would definitely need to be a right project. Uh, although you know, I have a million game ideas, <laughs> but course, it's, just, yeah. it's just a matter of like. You know, do you want to put your money where your mouth is? And the answer right now is no. Right. <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty definitely makes that like a little bit tougher to uh, to manage. I, I would imagine too. So. Yeah. Right. That, that whole global pandemic thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of gets in the way. Um, and uh, the last question I had for you here also is, uh, you have um, so it, you know, if you had twenty four hours to hang uh-huh. out with any video game character, who would it be, and what would you do? Oh man, that's pretty awesome. It's <laughs> a great question. Lie, that's pretty awesome. It's like scratching pretty, his chin. Like, pretty mm. good question right there. <laughs> um, you know, my first thought <laughs> uh, do, do they need to be a real person or can they just be like a, can it be a person in a video game who's also a real person? Um, I or does guess it, does it have to be could, fictional? I, I mean, I guess uh, someone who originated from video games. I guess we could put okay. that, that caveat to it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you what. Uh, I would want to hang out with Guile. Mm. From Street Fighter. Okay, um, he's a family man with great hair, <laughs> right? Who who will always uh, back up his talk and loves America, mm-hmm. you know. And so <laughs> so there, there's a lot of stuff that me and Guile have have going for each other. You sure. know, we, we can have a pretty good conversation. Double American flag yeah. tattoos in each arm. <laughs> right, right, right. Like like what a like what a stud, right? Come right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like so, I think I, I I would just hang out with Guile. We would we, we'd go on a double date with our wives. Mm-hmm. You know, we just hang out. Maybe go see a movie. You're both family he, men. Yeah, exactly. He, he can he can show me some sweet moves. Show me maybe show me that the, the handcuff glitch from the original Street Fighter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. I mean, yep. there's, there's all sorts of stuff I could learn from him. You know, mm-hmm. we can talk about his, you know, we can talk about his fights against a crazy bear fighting Russian. Yeah, you know? like, we, but there's so much we could talk about. Yeah, and a psycho dictator as well. Yeah, right, right, right. Like an evil demon. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and there's, there's so much you could like, it's more than just like, you know, he's a badass. Come on. So have you seen the Netflix show High Score Girl? No. 
Okay, you like as soon as we're done here, you need to go on Netflix and check out High Score Girl because it is literally about arcade culture back in the day, like you know, back in like you know, uh, like oh, really kind yeah, of um, yeah, 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 really yeah. during the '90s and everything. Yeah, and it's like it's set in Japan, and so it's basically like a romance. Actually, it's a very cute romance, very cute characters to it. Um, but like, yeah, like the main characters are literally uh, like you know this kid who wants to be like you know the best and like you know like Street Fighter and he you know and Guile is his bane as well and Guile actually talks to him in the show and like they use the sprites and everything and the actual game footage and all that stuff um, and so he goes up against like this uh, this mysterious girl who doesn't talk or anything like she communicates through like hitting people usually and she plays as Zangief and and people are like Zangief like oh that's like that's like a not what was it like an eight two matchup whatever against like Guile and she just like just serves his ass basically and nice, that nice. kind of starts this weird like kind of romance between the two like where they're playing fighting games against each other and uh it, it's it's an amazing show and it's a show that i think knowing your answer to that question would really speak to you okay so i i am aware of this show i've seen it i, I think i've seen i think i've seen like the first like five or ten minutes of it and i was like this is pretty cool mm-hmm. the problem with it is that i just can't get down with anime like I, mm. I just can't do it, and I, I, it's just a mental thing for me. I've never so the been the vibe, maybe, or the animation style, or I don't know. I'm just a stupid American. <laughs> Give me my Western cartoons. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. You my Bugs Bunnies. Yeah. yeah, right, 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 right. They talk funny, and their eyes are giants. You know? right. um, not everybody has crazy spiky hair, as the guy who, who said Guile is like, you know, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess if you can get like around that aspect, um, I think that might be an anime, and, and you know it's it's only kind of like anime in terms of a, of its vibe, not necessarily in the animation style. But um, I think that could be a show that you could possibly get around just because of the subject matter and like you know the um, uh, you know like the setting and also using of like real games, I like, guess like you know within the footage and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would highly recommend to at least give like the first couple of episodes a try and just let me all know right. what you think about that. You have convinced me uh, tonight. I'll give episode one. At length, uh, an entire try. I will forego my anime bias. bias. <laughs> and and I, I will make it happen because you have convinced me to watch High, High Score Girl. High Score Girl on Netflix. And this is not a sponsored episode, by the way. So. Yeah, this, this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this episode is brought to you by High Score Girl on Netflix. <laughs> Could totally do that. Uh, yeah, so that's basically everything I wanted to ask you there, Craig. Uh, so thank what? you very much for. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, time just flew right there. Um, but uh, you know, just just um, just wanted you like to tell people uh, where people can go to find you online, uh, as well as find the Craig Skits podcast online. Yeah, so um, I used to go by Stuttering Craig, so that was a long time ago. Um, but now I just go by Craig Skits because Skistimus is my last name, and Skistimus is hard to spell. Mm-hmm. So you can find me on twitch.tv slash Craig Skits, where I live stream in the mornings. So like mornings with me. And, uh, and every Monday I release a new episode of the Craig Skits podcast on youtube.com slash Craig Skits. You can also find it on iTunes and anywhere else you can find the audio format of podcast. So I encourage you to download it, subscribe wherever you are. If you're looking for another hour to hour and a half time kill where we talk about all sorts of things and not just... You know, we don't really talk about video games. We just talk about life and stuff with some of your some of the more prominent uh, creators out there right now. So, yeah, it's 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 pretty fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, I that's that's one thing I definitely appreciate about uh, the show format that you went with. And 
I can clearly tell it's a passion project of yours as well, since it's getting into like you know a lot of people who you grew up working with. Uh, certainly, James Rolfe I saw was in, was in an early episode, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of getting into like you know their life and what they're like. I mean, because I've met James in real life as well, and um, yeah, because I think I remember the title of your episode was uh, "James is nothing like the angry video game nerd," right. and um, yeah, that 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 couldn't be more true. Honestly, he is an absolute sweetheart of a person, and um, yeah, like it, it, you know, it's just awesome to see like you know see you pursuing this uh, this project for yourself, and um, you know, I wish you nothing but the best of luck for it. Well, thanks. It would have been a lot funnier if you were like, "I really hope nothing but failure for you." <laughs> <laughs> I hope you crash and burn, man. I don't need another competitor out there. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, we're, <laughs> I'm only five episodes in. Uh, so far, my guests have been James Rolfe, Tommy Tallarico, who does all the video game music and stuff, Bruce yep. Green, uh, Danny O'Dwyer from No Clip, who does all the video game documentaries, and Greg Miller from Kind of Funny. So, um, yeah, and. I got a bunch of really great, great folks lined up. So once again, if anybody wants to come and come and listen, you know, I'm not looking to compete or anything. I'm just, it's fun. <laughs> right. But, right. If any, but if anybody wants to sponsor the podcast, like hey. Netflix, <laughs> you know, there you go. Give your boy a holler. So no. come on, Spotify. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, baby, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks All for having right. me, man. This is super fun. Absolutely. And uh, you can also follow ArtCast on Twitter at ArtPodcast. Same thing with Facebook, facebook.com slash ArtPodcast. And you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at The Guilty Man. And yeah, that is ArtCast episode 215 in the books. And until next time, keep it retro. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.